Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's great to, great to be with you today. Trust that you're doing well and having a, uh, a good weekend so far. Hopefully a uh, restful, spirit-led weekend. Those are always the best, right? When you get to rest and also be led by the Spirit of God. That's, uh, that's what we're hoping for. Well, it's good to be with you today. Good to, uh, good to um, know that while we're here in this format today. For those of you that may not have seen our announcement, we are going to have a Bible study here at the church Tuesday night for everyone. We're going to open back up for um, all of our, our congregation to join, and that's going to start on Tuesday night and uh, continue on Sunday and so forth. Um, I mentioned I did send out a letter. I did send out um, a notice this morning, um, but I want to just kind of recap that for everyone, in case anybody missed it or didn't get to uh, didn't get to see that yet this morning. Um, I just want to make sure that everybody is uh, is in in tune and in, uh, on the same page. So uh, this is something that uh, Bishop Schoonover asked the congregational elders to uh, to put together the letter that that we sent out um, we, he wanted us to more or less put together a unified effort as far as get on the same page how do we feel about um, resuming holding um, in-person gatherings and uh, again I'm not going to take the time to read through that entire letter I encourage you to do that it's not very long just about a page and a half uh, with some very key points there, but I'll go, go through just a couple of, of things um, just as a reminder so forth. So if you remember all the way back in March when we started um, our uh, shelter-in-place order, that was what was given to us by the governor. He, he put out at the stay-at-home order and uh, limited any kind of going out uh, of your house to the, only those essential type of uh, needs or travel and work and so forth. And at that time, we thought, well, the church can comply with this. We should comply with this. Uh, this is uh, this is an opportunity for us to express our care for the health and well-being of our uh, of our people in the in the church body as well as the the whole community. And we just wanted to do our part. That was uh, initially supposed to be a two-week order, if you remember that. Back on March 15th, today's August the 30th, March 15th was the last Sunday that we had um, uh, our regularly scheduled service here in, in the building. Well, we didn't see a problem with two weeks. We didn't see, we, we, in fact, we thought that's wise. We need to do that. Um, and But what's happened is now that the... Uh, the I guess you could say the conversation has changed. We know that we're no longer in in uh, the the early stages of a pandemic. We've gotten to see how this has all played out, um, but we've noticed some inconsistencies as far as um, you know county by county across the state who's allowed to open up, what they're allowed to do, and so forth. And um, those inconsistencies are especially as it relates to churches and where we fall in the line of, of other essential or non-essential businesses. So um, given all of that, we just decided 
uh, we need to come together. You, you know, we've had a couple of, of times that uh, we did one Sunday here back when we thought we were given the go-ahead, um, and that ended up just being more of a test run for us. But we did that one. We did a Tuesday night Bible study outdoors in Selah, and, and the other congregations have been doing some of their attempts at, at gathering and, and coming together and sort of gauging what can be done and how can it be done. Um, and with all that in mind, that's why Bishop Schoonover asked us to come up with a, uh, a game plan, so to speak. That, plus we know that we have had many inquiries across all congregations, everyone asking, you know, when can we start to have church again? When are we going to be able to, to meet and gather and have this service and that? And that's, I'm thrilled, I'm really glad, you know, that people would want to come together and, and fellowship and have services like that. That's great. And that's been expressed by multiple people here in our congregation um, and Union Gap as well as the other congregations. And so all, all of this sort of um, rising at the same time and giving us just the thought, we need to, we need to put something together. So that's what we did. Um, we, the, the letter does include guidelines. It's not uh, it's not going to be very different from the, the instances that we've already had, the times that we've been able to come into uh, the building here in Union Gap, the Sunday service that we did. Um, and so nothing is going to look too far different from that. I'll encourage you again, read through those guidelines just to make sure that um, it all makes sense to you. If you have any questions, feel free to to reach out to me, and I'll be sure that you know uh, that you're comfortable, that we're comfortable, that everybody uh, is is good for moving forward. So um, this is it, it's about the spiritual health. This is the way I would recap this. It's about the spiritual health of our of our congregation, of the individuals in our congregation, and and in the uh, the community that we serve. It's we cannot overstate the importance that our congregations play to our communities and to the individual lives of every person that's a part of, of, of this body. So, um, you know, with all of that in mind, that's why, we, that's why we decided, okay, we need to make uh, a decision. We need to come to some, some unified terms here, make sure we're all on the same page and, and, and good with going forward. So, again, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody this Tuesday night. We're going to have our Bible study here at the church in Union Gap Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We will still stream this. We'll do our best to stream it um, for anyone that either is not able to or maybe just not comfortable yet. We certainly understand that and support your decision, your, your ability to make that decision on when you feel comfortable to uh, return with the rest of us. So we will, we'll, we will utilize our streaming capabilities like we have been uh, for those Tuesdays and for those Sundays. But I just want to uh, encourage everybody, um, make this your priority. Your, your, we're opening up these in-person gatherings for your sake and for my sake and for all of our sake because we know how important it is, how crucial and critical it is that we come together as the body. The, the, the scripture tells us to not forsake the assembling together of ourselves. And it actually says even much the more as we see the day approaching. So my goal and our, all of our goal as we read that scripture is 
not to have less gatherings, but to have more gatherings, to have all the, um, all the abilities that we can to, to promote that and to get together and come together and to fellowship and to, um, to have all of these things. I, I also want to say that we do intend to continue our Thursday night small groups. We're getting ready to start a new month here. Um, believe it or not, it's already been a month since we instituted that uh, at the, back at the start of August. And we had um, a Thursday night Zoom class for our, for our children. And then we had a, the following week was a Thursday night youth group get together and then a men's night and then the ladies night. It was a great, um, a great time and we want to continue those. So um, with, that, with that being the case, we will make sure we get, again, the word out, the announcement out to everybody so that they know there's something for them. There's something they can participate with. There's something they can, um, they can do as a part of the body in addition to our, our Tuesdays and our um, Sundays. So, amen. I'm happy about that. I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Um, I'd like us to pray together. I have a couple of uh, thoughts that the Lord's been putting in my mind from, from some passages of Scripture. But uh, before we go there, I'd like us to pray and just let the Lord have His way with us. Can we do that? Lord, I thank You today. Jesus, I thank You for all that You're doing, God. Every way that You're moving, every way that You're speaking and ministering, Jesus, I'm thankful for it. God, I give you praise and I give you glory today. Jesus, we pray, have your way in this time together, Lord God. I thank you, God, for the direction, for the unction, Lord, for the ordering of our steps. Jesus, I thank you, O God. I pray that you would minister to your body today. Jesus, I pray that every, every young person, every child, every adult, Lord, would hear from you, God, would fellowship with you, would know your voice, would know your word, God, and that it would get inside our spirits, God, and take root and begin to change us and begin to manifest in our lives, Lord Jesus. We desire to see your will be done. Lord, we, we want to see your will in our lives, Jesus, through every decision, God, through every every thought pattern, Lord Jesus. We want to know that it's you leading us, God, that it's your arm, that it's your hand, your direction, God, that you are in charge, you are in control, you're the Lord of our lives. Lord, we thank you for it today. I thank you for the freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost, God, that you've given to us as your people. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your salvation, Lord. I thank you for, for your mercy and your grace, God. I thank you for covering our lives. Jesus, I thank you that I get to be a part of your body. I thank you, Lord, that I get to be a part of the ministry and the work of your kingdom, God, that you've called each one of us to. Jesus, I pray it today, Lord. Let the will of God be done. In the name of Jesus, God, for the next little while, I put my mind on you, my thoughts on you, God. I want you to have control, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would speak to me, O God. I pray that my mind would be open to you, Jesus, and that I would listen, that I would listen with my spirit, Lord God, that I would engage my mind and my spirit in the things that you're speaking today. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. 
in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those that may be sick today. Lord, those that are a part of this congregation and, and represented by, by our congregation, Lord, friends and family members and each one of those, Lord. I pray for them today, O oh God. I pray that you would minister healing. I pray that you would minister peace and comfort today, Lord God. Jesus, we call upon you. We know that you have all power. We know that you have all might, God, and you can do all things. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray strengthen our families today, God. Strengthen our homes. I pray for our community here, Lord. Jesus, I pray that the word of God would go forth, Lord, and that it would begin to accomplish all the things that you would desire for it to do today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen, praise God, praise God, hallelujah, amen. I want to ask you, if you will, turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 24. The Lord impressed this passage on me, and uh, I feel like he wants me to, to share this, and we're actually just going to walk through and read some of these, uh, these encounters that take place here um, in Genesis chapter 24, and uh, we're going to talk about Rebecca today. I don't know that I've ever actually preached or taught a lesson uh, about her, but that's what I felt the Lord uh, wanted us to, to examine and go into today. So uh, Genesis chapter 24, and just to give everyone a little bit of an idea and a little bit of a backstory, we know that God chose Abraham in, in, all the way back in Genesis. He, he, he called Abraham out and said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And, you, you know, he said, in you shall all the earth be blessed. And all these promises, so many promises that he made to Abraham. And then if you remember, the, the, uh, the story goes that Abraham and Sarah were well on in age. And when God gave them that promise, it was almost laughable. It was like, how in the world, Lord, are you going to have, you know, give us a, a family? You know, we're old. We, we don't have any children. We're, we don't have any of those things. And and the Lord said, no, this is my plan, and this is my promise to you, and all these, these promises of Abraham. And if you know the story, uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, came up with the idea, well, Abraham, I, I'm old, I think I'm past my childbearing years, so you can have my servant, Hagar. And we know that a child was born there, and it was Ishmael, but the Bible says it was not the child of promise. And then... Abraham and Sarah then have a son named Isaac, and that is the child of promise. And so that backstory brings us up to where we're going to read in Genesis chapter 24, because Sarah has now, has now died in this context, and Abraham, it says, is, is getting very old, and in order for these promises and the word of God to continue to go forth, Abraham knows, okay, it's going to have to go through Isaac. The promise of God to make of me a great nation, now that my, my wife is dead and my, my, my age is so old, I'm about to die myself. I know this has got to continue on through, through my child. And so 
that's where we're going to pick up and read. I'm going to read from a different translation that's easier to read and follow, hopefully. Um, it's called the Good News Translation. I really like this. I'll give it a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a an advertisement here. I use the, uh, the app on my phone. Is, uh, it's a very common one. version, I think, is what it's called. It's just a little Bible icon on my phone. Uh, but it has many different translations available, and some of them are even through audio. So this one I really like. Uh, I listen to this version through audio quite a bit because it helps me get just a, a, a good general understanding of what is taking place as I listen to it. Sometimes I know when we read, especially when we try to read in King James Version, you know, if you're lucky to get through one verse sometimes with a full understanding of what really you just read. Now, I love the King James Version, and I use it quite frequently, and, and it's, as I learned it as a child. I learned to quote it. It's it's what I would say is I've tried to hide in my heart and in my spirit and in my mind when I think of scriptures. That's usually the way that I think of it. But when I study it and when I look, especially when I want to look at more uh, greater passages as a whole, other translations help me um, get the full picture of those things. So that's what I want to do is read today um, and talk through some of these things. Now, I find it interesting that I'm just... Again, we know we seek after the Lord as, as any of us that are going to minister or speak or teach. You know, we, we, we ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say today? What do you want to talk about today? Um, I was actually in a conversation this weekend with one of the other elders, and, and we were discussing a little bit of our, our Tuesday night Bible study. Those of you that were on or maybe have had a chance to watch that, we talked about family units, right? The biblical structure uh, for a family unit. And, you know, I, I felt that little bit of direction from the Lord, and we went there, and then we allowed the Lord to speak to us and, and just start to share with us, here's what a family looks like, here's what a marriage looks like, here's what a home should look like uh, from the biblical perspective. Now, a lot of the things we're going to read today, they're also similar and the Lord, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he starts to pull some more of those things out because that's just how he, how he likes to talk to us and how he, he continues to speak his word and, and solidify and share his word with us. So I'm praying that we're open to this today. Um, as I read and as we, as we talk through this, I'm asking you not just maybe you know this story, maybe you've heard of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca, maybe you've heard this passage before, but I'm asking you not to uh, tune out because you think you know the details or because you do know the details. I'm asking that we would all just listen to what the Lord might say to us because I know there's, there's many things packed in this, in this chapter that, that are very important, very significant, meaningful to us today. So I'm asking you, as we read through this, if you've got a Bible, read along with it or listen and let's listen not just with our ears, but listen with our spirit so that the Lord could speak to us and, 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 and cause us to hear his word. I'm going to pray one more time. Lord, I pray right now, God, that my understanding would be open, Lord, that my spirit would be open today. Jesus, I know you want to speak to me. I know that you have words of life for me today, God, words that would give me direction Words that would give me instruction, God, and faith and confidence in you. Jesus, I pray that we hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis chapter 24, 
verse 1 is where it says, Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in everything he did. He said to his oldest servant, now this oldest servant is going to be a very key individual in this passage that we read about. I find it interesting that he's not named, but he's called Abraham's servant, or described as Abraham's oldest servant. Now, the Lord had, had given Abraham all of these things, including the children, and, and, but, but the servant, you know, Abraham was still alive. He hadn't passed off his blessing to, to Isaac. Um, Isaac is, a, is, a, is a, an adult, a young adult now that we're reading about this, but he hasn't really taken over from Abraham all the promises and blessings yet. So this servant, this oldest servant, is really Abraham's right-hand man. In this, in this context. So he says to his oldest servant, who was in charge of all that he had, place your hand between my thighs and make a vow. I want you to make a vow in the name of the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not choose a wife for my son from the people here in Canaan. You must go back to the country where I was born and get a wife for my son Isaac from among my relatives. But the servant asked, what if the young woman will not leave home to come with me to this land? Shall I send your son back to the land where you came from? Abraham answered, make sure that you don't send my son back there. The Lord gave me this land. The Lord God of heaven brought me from the home of my father and the land of my relatives. And he solemnly promised me that he would give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel before you. Get this. This is, this is Abraham giving instruction to the, to the servant, and he's so confident in God and the work and the plan of God and how God operates. He tells him, the Lord will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son. This is a very spiritual thing, okay? And I think it's important, we, we know this, <clears throat> important that we think about this, who we, who we marry, uh, young people, even who you consider any kind of relationships with is very important. It's uh, those of us that are married, we pray God put us in those situations. And now that we're in those situations, we pray that he continues to lead them and bless them. We want it to be a, a spirit-led God-pleasing situation. And, and Abraham is very clear about this from the beginning with his servant. This is a God thing. God gave me this land. God said he's going to give this land to my descendants. And I know that God's not going to use a young woman from this land to be my son's wife. It needs to be a, a young woman that's from my homeland, from my, the land of my ancestors. This is all very clear direction that Abraham has in his mind and in his spirit from God. He will send his angel before you. Verse 8, it says, If the young woman is not willing to come with you, you will be free from this promise. But you must not under any circumstances take my son back there. So the servant put his hand between the thighs of Abraham, his master, and made a vow to do what Abraham asked him. Now, 
I, I, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm being honest and open with you. When the Lord was re going through all of this with me, I just, I was seeing this as such a, a beautiful picture of God's plan and an example of God's plan. All the details that we are, that we're going to read and see in here. I believe God cares about those details for each one of us, each one of our lives. You might think, well, that was great for Abraham, you know, and that was great for Isaac because they're these, these strong pillars of the Bible and they're special men of God. I'm telling you right now, just like God goes through these details and these significant, this significant ordering for, for these men, he wants to do that for all of our lives, old and young, men and women, all of us. The Lord wants to lead and orchestrate and plan your life just like he does in this passage. Verse 10, it says, The servant who was in charge of Abraham's property took ten of his master's camels and went to the city where Nahor had lived in northern Mesopotamia. That's the old homeland of Abraham. When he arrived, he made the camels kneel down at the well outside the city. It was late afternoon, the time when women came to get water. So he's thinking, okay, this is a good, this is a good time. I'm going to see some, some young women from this, from this town, from this area. And, uh, you know, this is a good starting point. Now he prays, verse 12. He had learned from Abraham, who was a, a, a very close a friend of God and had that relationship with God. Well, this servant learned very much from him, and, and so much we see it here. He starts with prayer. He does his journey. He gets there, and he says, okay, it's time to pray. I need to make sure that the Lord is going to lead. I need to make sure that the Lord is going to give us the right direction here. So verse 12, he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and keep your promise to my master. Here I am at the well, where the young women of the city will be coming to get water. I will say to one of them, please lower your jar and let me have a drink. If she says, drink, and I will also bring water for your camels, may she be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. Remember when, <laughs> remember when Abraham told the servant, the, the angel of the Lord is going to go before you. I believe through this is just a, a further playing out of lives that are close to God, lives that are led and instructed and, 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 and pleasing to God. In, in, in this way, God can say, hey, let's have a close conversation. Let's make a, a specific plan. I'm going to speak to you words of wisdom, and I'm going to give you plans and details and things for you to follow. And that's what we see the servant doing here. The, I, I really don't think that the whole ride there on the camel, the servant's thinking, hmm, how can we make this work? You know, what's a clever way? What's, a, what's the best way? What's a surefire way to make sure I pick the... No, I, I think he's just in relationship with God, and in conversation with God, and then at, in prayer with God. See, here's an important part of this. He's in prayer with God when, he's, when he speaks this plan, if you will, about if I'm going to find a young lady and I'm going to ask her for a drink, 
And if she says, here's your drink and I'm going to get some for your camels too, she must be the right one. That can all be, that can all be um, given to the fact, credited to the fact that this is a man of prayer and in prayer this happens. I don't, I, 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 I'm giving you a warning right now and I'm giving myself a warning. I'm not going to try to put this aspect or this frame of mind into every, every facet of my life and think, well, okay, Lord, if I have a dream tonight about wearing a red tie, then tomorrow I'm going to wear a red tie to work. <laughs> or, okay, Lord, I, 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 I got a plan and we'll make a deal. And if this happens, no, it, it's all born out of prayer. It's all born out of relationship and communication with God. Okay? He says, if this happens, I will know that you have kept your promise to my master. Before he had finished praying, verse 15 is where I'm at, before he had finished praying, Rebekah arrived with a water jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milcah. She was a very beautiful young woman, and she was unmarried. She went down to the well. Did you catch that? She was, a, she was unmarried. Isaac is unmarried. Rebecca is unmarried, and the Lord is, un, or, the Lord is orchestrating this. She went down to the well, filled her jar, and came back. The servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a drink of water from your jar. All right, the plan is in motion. And she says, Drink, sir, and quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and held it while he drank. When he had finished drinking, she said, I will also bring water for your camels and let them have all that they want. She quickly emptied her jar into the animal's drinking trough and ran to the well to get more until she had watered all his camels. The man kept watching in silence to see if the Lord had given him success. That's, uh, that's to the detail the things that he had prayed and received and heard from God in his time of prayer. Remember? And now he's seeing it unfold this way. It's, here's, a, here's a real uh, real world term that we use for that. We call that a confirmation. Okay? That's a confirmation. Something was born in prayer, led a, a spirit-led prayer of communication with God, and it was born there, and then he sees a confirmation of it play out here in, 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 the, uh, in the real world. This lady is doing the things, the exact same things that we prayed would happen. When she finished, verse 22, when she had finished, the man took an expensive gold ring and put it in her nose and put two large gold bracelets on her arm. Now, don't get thrown off by that. That's just a customary thing of the day, okay, that he did for her. He said, please tell me who your father is. Is there room in his house for my men and for me to spend the night? Rebecca says, my father is Bethel, son of Nahor and Milcah. She answered, there is plenty of straw and fodder at our house, and there is plenty. Uh, there is a place for you to stay. Now the man kneels down and worships the Lord. Oh, this is a testament to your 
relationship with Abraham and your relationship with me and, and the plan and promise and the future that you have for Isaac and all the promises that you made. Lord, I thank you for, for letting these things come to pass the way that they are. So he, he's doing that in a place of worship. He said, praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has faithfully kept his promise to my master. The Lord has led me straight to my master's relatives. Verse 28, the young woman read, ran to her mother's house and told the whole story. Now, Rebekah had a brother named Laban. He ran outside to go to the well where Abraham's servant was. Here's the time. Here's the uh, uh, big brother, if you will, um, coming out to check on this. Now, think again. Put yourself in the, in the customs of this day. She mentioned that her father was uh, Bethel, and she's got this brother named Laban. Laban, uh, I think it's safe to assume Laban is now acting as the head of the household. And we can see this play out in the way that, the way that these things transpire. The brother of Rebekah, he's thinking, okay, I'm not going to let somebody just come and take my sister away. I'm not going to just let anybody, you know, show up with some, some gold and bracelets and, and try to charm her and take her away. I need to go check this out. Verse 30, Laban had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard her say what the man had told her. He went to Abraham's servant, who was standing by his camels at the well, and said, Come home with me. You are the man. You are a man whom the Lord has blessed. Why are you standing out here? I have a room ready for you in my house, and there is a place for your camels. So the man went into the house, and Laban unloaded the camels and gave them straw and fodder. Then he brought water for Abraham's servants and his men. Now, he, this is a great welcoming, okay? We see the Lord is, is leading this, and he's letting all these things play out correctly and as uh, exactly how you'd want them to go. And they even set out a, a meal for them and a feast. Uh, verse 33, the servant, when the food was brought out, the servant says, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. Laban says, okay, go ahead and speak. The verse 34, he's going to recap, okay? He, he, now he's, he, he's, he's keeping himself honest here. He's keeping himself open. And, and now he's going to recap, here's, what, here's how I got here. Here's why we're doing this. I'm the servant of Abraham. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and made him a rich man and given him flocks of sheep and goats and cattle and silver and male and female slaves and, and camels and donkeys. Sarah, my master's wife, bore him a son when she was old. And my master has given him everything he owns. So he's introducing Isaac into the picture. My master made me, a, made me promise with a vow to obey his command. He said, don't choose a wife for my son from the young women in the land of Canaan, but go to my father's people and choose a wife there. He says, I asked my father, I asked my master, what if she won't come with me? And, and he, Abraham answered, the Lord whom I have always obeyed, the Lord whom I have always obeyed, will send his angel with you and give you success. You will get for my son a wife from mine own people. There is only one way for you to be free. Now, I, I'm reading that, I'm, I'm hearing this, and I'm just picturing some of them are ready to eat, <laughs> right? They're sitting down at the table, the, the dinner's been served, and they're ready to eat. 
but this guy just won't stop talking. He, he, he's got a, he, he went all the way back to the beginning of his journey to, get, to bring them up to speed on who he is and why he's there and, and what he's expecting. But they're listening as this man is speaking. He says there's only one, he, he's recapping again. Remember, Abraham said there's only one way for you to be free from your vow, and that's if you go to my relatives and, and they refuse you, then you will be free. So whew, he gets all that out. And he says, okay, finally, that's all the chips are on the table now. All the cards are on the table. And that's who I am. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Now, let me explain to you why I feel like she's the one. What, what was specific about her and, and how, we, how we got to, to Rebecca. And he's continuing the story here. In verse 42, he says, When I came to the well today, I prayed, Lord, please give me success in what I'm doing. And while I'm here at the well, if a young woman comes out and gives me water, uh, I'll ask her for water from a jar. And if she gives it to me and then she says, Hey, here's water for your camels too, then may she be the one that you've chosen for Isaac's wife. Verse 45, before I finished my silent prayer, Rebecca came with a water jar. And she did exactly like I said, exactly like we wanted to see it play out. So all this, he's, he's recapping all of this because he's bringing, the, he, he says, there's the spiritual significance to this predicament, this situation that we're in. I'm jumping down to verse 49. Now, if you intend to fulfill your responsibility towards my master. He's bringing the, the family of Rebekah into the picture. If you intend to fulfill your responsibility towards my master, <laughs> your responsibility. See, he, 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 he brought them all in with, the, with, this, with this recap and with this story, but he, in doing so, he's sharing and there's a transpiring of a spiritual connection and a spiritual understanding and if it was me, I'm just, I'd be sitting there, oh, I am hoping you're getting this. I'm hoping you're hearing this. I hope all these details and the reason why I shared that and the reason why I shared this, I'm just praying they hit home with you because you're going to be the one that makes the decision. You're going to be the one with the responsibility. I've done my part. Remember, Abraham gave him this out in the very beginning. You do your part. And if the relatives, if, if that, that young lady or her family decides, no, we don't want to be a part of that, we don't like where this is coming from or where this is going, uh, we're just going to send you back on your way. If all that's done, then uh, servant of mine, you are free to go from this. You're released from this responsibility. You've done your part. So, he, so when he, I, I imagine all of that that he just said, and then a big, so what's your answer going to be? You know, he had to get all that out to get to this point. What's your, will you fulfill your responsibility? If so, please tell me. If not, I'll, uh, you can decide. It's up to you. <laughs> I love this. I love in verse 50, Laban and Bethel, the, the son and the father, the, yeah, the, the brother and the father, of Rebekah, 
They both answer, Since this matter comes from the Lord, whew, praise God. <laughs> they heard they heard what I was saying. They knew that this was something from God. So they say, since this matter comes from the Lord, it's not for us to make a decision. Man, is there ever wisdom in that answer, in that response right there. It's not even up to me. The Lord made this decision for us. The Lord orchestrated clearly every one of these events and all these details so he could put all this together. We, who are we to say, eh, that sounds good, or no, that doesn't sound great. It's not for us to make a decision. He says, verse 51, Here is Rebekah, take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord himself had said. Let me pause here for just a second. And let me say, in that response... Uh, of Laban and Bethel, the, the brother and the father of the bride-to-be, in that response is embedded such a significant reason and understanding of the importance of who we associate with. Now, I say associate with, they were led, all this has been very clearly orchestrated by the Spirit of God. But if I'm not living my life in a way that's orchestrated and led by the Spirit of God, I cannot in any way expect any of my contacts, friends, family, people that the Lord leads me to, partners, anything like that, I can't expect them to have that level of an understanding and that level of a response that is a further confirmation to me of whatever I might be feeling. Right? They, they said it. This came from God. This is a God-ordained situation. So let's take that and run with it. If I go to someone and, and well, maybe if I wasn't led by the Spirit or if they're just not hearing and in tune with this same God, this same Spirit, all, all of the, the matters associated with this, if they're not on the same page, you know, a father, uh, thank the Lord, my, my oldest daughter's only 13 years old, and I've got some younger than that. I don't want to be in this position. <laughs> I mean, if and when the day comes, we'll deal with it then and let the Lord, you know, help us fight those battles. <laughs> but I, the father, I can just imagine... Ooh, I got to weigh this one. I have to make sure of this one. I'm not letting my girl go for just any, you know, any guy with a good story or any, any, you know. And we get so, we get so, um, I guess you could say we get so caught up in our own thoughts and our plans and our decision making that we think, oh man. I, I can't. I, I can't even make. I. I. I'm not ready for this. I. I. I'm, I can't go there, and I can't think about that. And. And I. I just. I, I don't know what to do here. I'm gonna need to wait. I'm gonna need to pause. I'm gonna need to think about this for a while. That's. I, I think that's where we are more often than not, if we're honest with ourselves. When, especially when it comes to big. Uh, this is just an example of a major decision, a major life decision. 
and I'm not saying we make major life decisions just, you know, without thinking or praying. No, but when the Lord is leading and he makes it clear and gives clear instruction and gives clear direction and we know and we understand, yes, that's from God. Then it's our our responsibility is just like theirs. Simply react and recognize this is the hand of God and move forward with it. I'm praying you're hearing what the Lord is saying today. Amen. Verse 52. When the servant of Abraham heard this, he bowed down and worshiped the Lord. Then he brought out clothing and silver and gold jewelry and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then Abraham's servant and the men with him ate and drank and spent the night there. And when they got up the next morning, he said, Let me go back to my master. But Rebekah's brother and her mother said, Let her stay here with us a week or ten days. Then she can go. We, we just want to make sure we just want to we want to make sure all things are, are kosher and, and, and then she can go in another, another week or so. Verse 56, the servant says, Don't make us stay. The Lord has made, me a journey, made my journey a success. Let me go back to my master. They answered and they said, Let's call her and find out what she has to say. You understand? So a, a day, an, an, an evening... And the next morning have transpired now. The word's been spoken. The decisions have been made. The, the, uh, the arrangement, if I can use that term, has been made. Now they say, okay, let's add some caveats. Let's add some addendums. Let's add a little bit of thing here. Oh, man, we better be careful when we start getting in those lines and in those orders because... I heard, I can't remember who it was I heard say this, but I, I feel like in a, a lot of times in my own mind and in my own spirit, I see things like this play out. Especially when we're talking about significant things like this. The first voice that you hear is, should be, often is, most times is, will be, whatever, whatever you want to put there, is the voice of God. But then... Sometimes immediately following, sometimes just sometime later in the course of things, you start to hear, and I'm not going to say from the devil, I'm going to say you start to hear from your own mind, right? Your own thinking, your own reasoning. Because here's the word of God, here's the response. The Bible says the promises of God are yea and amen. That means they're spoken and then they're agreed on. And that's it. That's, that, 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 that's all that's necessary for the promise of God, for it to be spoken and for it to be agreed to, or, or the amen is the, the agreement, the re reception of it. Yes. But here's what happens. We try to add to that, or, or we just sit there and play it over in our minds so much and think about it so much that we get sidetracked from what was that promise, what was that direction, what was the... Uh, the unction that I felt there in that, that very real in, in that moment with God, I know that that was Him. But, but as time transpires or as more thoughts begin to come to you, you start to think, what about this though? Well, I, yeah, I know that that sounded good and my response was in order probably, but I wasn't thinking about this. 
I forgot to address this situation. How are we going to answer this one? And that, that's what I mean by that's a dangerous place to be. And this is just an example of how we see that play out. They slept on it one night. The next morning, he's up, he's ready to go, the servant is. And he's thinking, great, man, that's the best night of sleep I've had in a long time from how well that day went. Let's get on with it. And the mother, the brother, they're starting to have these, um, these, I guess you could call it concerns or just, you know, let me think about this for a little bit. Let's keep her here for a week. Let's keep her here for 10 days. And let's just see how we feel about this after that span of time. I'm not negating, okay, the, every situation has its own set of cir circumstances. And I'm asking us, I'm telling us the importance of seeking God and godly wisdom and knowing his voice and his direction in every one of those circumstances. But here, we almost, we, we get close to seeing what you could call a flip-flop, right? Yes, we'll agree. Take her and go. That's why that was the words, right? Take her and go. Not, let's think about this for a while. It was, it was an immediate response. But now they're thinking about it. So they, they call, verse 58 says, So they called Rebekah and they asked, Do you want to go with this man? Think about, I'm, please allow me to recap. I'm almost done. But think about how the order of events have transpired from here as far as the responsibility and the decision-making of all these different parties involved in this, in, this, uh, in this text. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah dies. Abraham's about to die. He says, I've got, the promise has got to go on through my son. He needs a wife in order to do that. Now, let's bring in my servant into this picture. Let's set him forth and give him this responsibility. Okay, he's done it. Now he's got that load of responsibility on him. And then he finds Rebecca, and he can't just take her, right? This has got to be in agreement with, with all of the parties involved. And, and so it goes to the parents. It goes to the brother, those that, that family unit that makes the decision. And, okay, the responsibility is with them. Initially, yes, great, amen, we're on board, let's go with it. And then when they start to express their reservations, now all of this, all of this, whew, all of that, that whole thing, the promises of God to Abraham, they're now in Rebecca's court to make the decision. Do you want to go with this man? And she says, yes. That's her answer. Yes, I want to go with him. Can you just imagine the weight, the responsibility? What I'm talking about today is the importance, the significance of knowing the decisions you're making, the responsibilities you're carrying, your reactions to things, the importance that those are led by God ordained by God and that we are sensitive to those things that we know those things that we understand man it's not just a simple yes or no thing this has all of this history all of this spiritual significance attached to it 
I'm almost done. Verse 59, it says, So they let Rebekah and her old family servant go with Abraham's servant and his men. And they gave Rebekah their blessing in these words. Now, thankfully, this family's coming back around to it. And we see it, what, what plays out here. We don't read anywhere in the passage, so it makes me think that the servant did not go into the detail of all those promises of God to Abraham. You know, he didn't say, hey, I got to have a wife because the Lord's promise and the Lord's word is, I got to have a wife for Isaac because the Lord's promise is, I'm going to make your seed as the, the stars and you're going to outnumber the sand and there's going to be, and there's no woman in the picture. We need a woman to get this happening. Uh, uh, he didn't go on that detail. He didn't go on that level. He just says, I was sent by God here to do this. And here now the responsibility is yours. <laughs> well, here's why I say the family came around. Because as they send her off with the servant, they give Rebekah their blessing in these words. May you, Rebekah, be... <laughs> Praise God. May you become the mother of millions. May your descendants conquer the cities of their enemies. The word of God spoken, the promises of God fulfilled. And we, if we're not careful, we just see this as, okay, nope, it's just this person had to agree and this person had. I'm talking about spiritual significance. I'm talking about spiritual understanding and knowing the weight of my life, the weight of your life, every direction that's every cross, every path that's crossed, every direction that the Lord puts you on. Every time he says, hey, I have something I want you to do. I need you to do this. Will you help me accomplish this? Will you speak these words? Will you go there? Will you listen when I'm trying to tell you this? That is spiritual significance. It's our responsibility. The rest of the passage, the rest of the, those verses, it, it literally goes straight from there. They pack up the, the camels, they get ready to ride, and Isaac is out there waiting in, in the wilderness for them. He meets them as the servants bring Rebekah back. And, and they, they <laughs> it's a great story with a beautiful, happy ending because the Lord orchestrated these things and, and now they become man and wife and now they become joint heirs and they become a part of the, of the, the promise, fulfilling the promise, rolling ahead the work of God and allowing these things. This is the plan of God. We know it. I mean, we know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yep, the God of Abraham, the God of, and we roll them all and we say, okay, that's, the, that's how we got here. That's how the promises got here and fulfilled. That's why I have the Holy Ghost. That's why all the, the word is for me and for you. And, but I want you, if you just stop and think and look at this and realize every man Every woman, even in just this one chapter of Genesis, every man, every woman plays such a significant role in fulfilling these things. 
The Lord is telling you today, hear me please, man and woman, young man, young woman, child, the Lord is telling you today, you are spiritually significant to the work of his kingdom, to the, to the fulfilling of his promises. You are significant. Your responses matter. Whether or not you will take time and pray and hear from God matters. I can't say that any more strongly. It matters. It is crucial to this. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for speaking to us today. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the plans and the promises that you have for us. I thank you, God, that you would orchestrate our lives to this level, to this degree, Lord. Every person that's here and watching and hearing this today, God, you've orchestrated the plans and the details of our lives up to this day, God, and including this day and what's going to happen the remainder of this day and this week, God, and this year. It's all led and orchestrated by you. Father, we just want to submit ourselves to it today. We just want to submit ourselves and yield ourselves, God, and know the weight of our decisions. Know the weight of our choices, Lord God. And every time that we feel the tug of the Spirit on our heart, we know and we are acknowledging right now, Father, we will yield to that with this understanding with this in mind, knowing, God, that you are calling and choosing us for your purpose, for this hour, for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I'm going to finish this up. I encourage you, continue to find a place of prayer. Continue to let the Lord speak to you. Continue to let him develop these things in you. Amen. Glory to God. God bless you. Have a good day.